Hello. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of When Football Met Soccer. Uh, we're a podcast where we talk about everything football-related, uh, the games, the managers, all the drama on the pitch, off the pitch. And today we're really excited. Uh, we're in the middle of an international break right now, but there's still some juicy things to talk about. Uh, please forgive my voice. I'm a bit congested. I usually don't like international breaks. Just right? completely ignored what I, I said. I know. I did that on purpose. Anyway, I'm gonna keep that in. Uh, but yeah, so uh, forgive me if my voice sounds a little too sexy because wow, very congested. And all of us are like deeply impacted. Yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe it sounds better. Who knows? Uh, like Phoebe's voice. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Phoebe's mm-hmm. sexy voice. So why don't we start with El Clásico, which happened, seems like a while ago now. So the score was 2-1, Sergio Roberto and Cassier scored two goals for Barcelona. Those two goals for Barcelona. And Araujo's own goal was the goal that opened the game. <laughs> I know. And I think it was a very stupid goal. Uh, I don't blame Araujo, like, it was just unlucky. I mean, when are own goals not stupid, though? No, 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 but there are, there are own goals and there are own goals. This one is just, like, very much uh, super unlucky, and the goal the goalie was not in the right position, so I don't actually blame him. But what was really positive about it is that Barcelona still tried really hard after the goal. Like, they could have been rattled and not try anymore, but they were relentless after the goal, and they kept trying, 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 trying until they scored. I honestly think it was... It was a good game. Overall, I liked the game. I find it uh, enjoyable. It wasn't as bad as the Copa del Rey game. I think the Copa del Rey game was okay. Barcelona was much better than Madrid. Honestly, this is this just goes to show that Madrid is not a good team. Benzema was nowhere or hasn't been a good team recently, let's say that. Uh, their only solution is Vinicius Junior and Benzema was nowhere to be found. So that's why I'm really always, always super impressed by Messi and Ronaldo because they managed to stay at the top for years and years. But Benzema was great last year, but this year he's... He wins one Ballon d'Or and he's... Yeah, honestly, I'm sorry. He's not that good anymore. And I I say that again, I feel like he gained a bit of weight. And I know I've said that, I've said that in the past, but it's, he was much faster. So he gained, he he was that... um, We should put a trigger warning for for anyone who doesn't want to hear any fat shaming. Please don't listen to this podcast because I'm just going to fat shame players. I'm really not fat shaming them. It's just their job. So three years ago, he had like a somehow somewhat of a, a higher weight, basically the same weight that he has right now. And then when when Zidane took over, yeah. he lost a bunch of weights and he became amazing. Like you could see that he was faster, he was better. But I think he got We're that weight back. We're implying some correlation here. Though. Yeah, this is just me <laughs> observing. I have no idea if this is actually true, but. They're players, they get paid a lot of money, and we are allowed to comment on their uh, weight because that's basically their job, right? There is a correlation between being uh, overweight we just and don't doing know a how, good job. We just don't know how big that correlation is, right? Yeah, but there must be a correlation. Of course. Or else, there, they or else have... yeah, right. Or else managers wouldn't care what weight you are or to keep up a certain physique. Mm-hmm. And if you think about football and how much it also is an endurance sport... They need to have that kind of, or else you get weighed down a bit, perhaps. And the flexibility and the able, the ability to maneuver around players, yeah. to sprint and to keep running, yeah, weight makes a difference. Yeah, and we, we can, just don't, you just don't know how big that difference. And is. we can talk also about people being way too skinny and how that might not. be. There like, are players who are really skinny. No, I agree. And some people say that you're too skinny. You need to gain a little bit of weight, or else it's it's, it's really having an impact on your performance. But actually, when you're skinny, it could help you like in football I mean, if anything it's probably better to be leaner yeah no no yeah exactly but like when you're trying to like play in one-on-one with the player like he can just push you like in mm-hmm. fair in mm-hmm. a fair way of pushing right and then you won't be able to like you lose the ball but i don't think that's a big problem because you can use a lot of other aspects of the fact that you're skinny in your favor and also the fact that you're short for instance like messi was able to use the fact that he was short well, you can't do that in but basketball i don't think that works that well depending on the position that you play. I agree. As a midfielder, I, as a defender, I think you have yeah, more of a disadvantage. Yeah, if, if you're skinny, skinny for yeah. sure. You have... A, even a midfielder, like Busquets was able to do it for a while. Yeah, yeah. And he was really But if you look at a lot of... I think defenders is probably the biggest uphill yeah, battle if you're skinny. Hard. If you're skinny as a defender, I think it will be very hard. Again, skinny, fat, there's a, a massive spectrum. We don't know where that's it. It's like more of an observation. But like this is... It's exactly the same discussion we've had about uh, Lukaku if you are 100 kilos that that is a problem 
you're not gonna run as fast and that's 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 simply it no one cares about you looking good or not looking good that's not the problem we just want you to do the job we just want you to score and that's the point uh, plus it's nice as a spectator to look at athletes and footballers who just look really fit because you know that's their job that's not my job i'm never going to attain that but it's entertainment as but well. I th- yeah i think day, as right? footballers generally look fit they look yeah. much more fit than other like than other like there's sports. a reason for that though why because i think I'm not saying that their sport is more demanding. I don't yeah, think football is more demanding. I actually do. Okay, but, I but, but in terms of how much they have to run, mm-hmm. the length of time they have to... They don't get everything. much of a break at all during the game, unlike certain other sports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's constant. The endurance that they have is insane. And also the physicality of the sport. Completely it's not just agree. endurance. Yeah. There's also physicality, right? And the way that you have to move your feet a lot. It's, it's just... Jump. Exactly. It's just all this stuff together makes me feel like... I'm not saying they're way more fit and the sport is harder that's what I, that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying that in terms of physicality and a well-roundedness as an athlete football is very demanding completely agree yeah and that's why i think most footballers look different than other uh, than other athletes let's go back to the game sorry i just want to say again that araujo is amazing i honestly think he's maybe the best defender in the world right now with christensen as well what a what a nice what a good that buy. was the most fun i think I don't I didn't find this game that fun, but the kind of play between Araujo and Vinicius Jr. was fun to watch. I don't think one came out as like way more superior than the other because Vinicius Jr. Yeah, but Vinicius Jr. is really like he's just he when he runs, it's hard to, you know, so I don't think Araujo got him every time, but it was still and plus he put. Araujo in a position that he doesn't usually play, right? Just so that he could handle Vinicius Jr. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, I think he did a really good job. And also, it was maybe easier for him, quote-unquote, because Madrid has become predictable in the way that they just keep attacking on Vinicius Jr.'s side yeah. from, the, from the left. And you, you do need the quality defender to stop Vinicius Jr. A lot of I defenders agree. are not able to stop I him. Agree. I think he's just good. He was a very good buy. Christensen's really good. I think Balde and Kunde need a bit more experience. They're not bad. They're still very young. They need a bit of experience. Balde was not at the... It wasn't his best game, but he he still made a huge difference. We need to remember that there was no Dembele and no Pedri. Which Rafinha is, was the most attacking player. Which Rafinha, is, in the past six games, five games, since Dembele hasn't played, Rafinha was the game changer. Let's right, be honest. Right. Without Rafinha, they probably wouldn't because be able Lewandowski, to Because Lewandowski, I don't know what the fuck I, he's been doing. I am so annoyed at Lewandowski. Every one-to-one duels, he basically lost. His only good thing was that pass for the goal. Like right, the, yeah, yeah. That, that's the only good thing he did. I don't know what's happening with Lewandowski. We want to see the same Lewandowski who started when when like who started at Barcelona. The same one who used to play for Bayern, who scored so many goals. He's an amazing player. Like, if Bar- if, like imagine Barcelona is doing all this. Without Lewandowski being as, at his best, without Pedri, without Dembele, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Pedri has such a massive impact. He's so important. Dembele is so important. So this is overall what Xavi has done is is amazing. Just like I, I'm not a big fan of Xavi to be honest. I don't like him a lot as a coach. But if you look at the number and what he has done so far, it's it's pretty good. Like to only concede nine goals to beat Madrid in three uh, Clasico in uh, Clasicos in a row. With a team that's arguably okay, still in construction, with practically no squad depth, with a lot of people injured, and now Christensen is injured again, and De Young is injured, so I don't know how they're gonna play the next Copa del Rey Clasico. It's gonna be even trickier, but good, good for them. I don't think Madrid is gonna win La Liga. There's 12 games left. You'd have it's it's really unlikely. Like 12 games left, and Barcelona has to lose four games. Like that's that's pretty tough. Barcelona has to lose four games, and Madrid has to make all of those games. And we've seen Madrid struggle in every single game. I saw the Spanish press. You know mm-hmm. how brutal and funny they are. Mm-hmm. So Marca, the Barcelona-based newspaper, said, uh, un mil- "Forgive my Spanish." Uh, un milimetro de la Liga. And it has an image of basically Asensio being offside as the front cover because these are like, I'm a millimeter away from La Liga, but he's like, I'm a millimeter away from being offside. And the Madrid sports newspaper, Diario AS, says, it's all over. And they basically, did you mm-hmm. see this? They covered mm-hmm. this on ESPN. No. Uh, they gave Benzema a 0 out of 10 rating for this game, but Vinicius Jr. are 8 out of 10. So basically, Benzema was the fall, Benzema was the fall guy for this game. 
probably because he's captain and all that and he was just very so but to be They're honest right, that's though. that's rough zero out of ten like i'm sorry they are right and i i just don't like also how people complain about the var i think that was a fair decision like the var has imagine now we can actually look at the thing in millimeter it's amazing i don't think we we actually sit and realize how amazing this is Imagine before it was just like one one ref saying, okay, this is offside, this is not offside. How but, can you tell by one millimeter? But don't you think VAR was incorporated much later than you would expect? I completely agree. Do you see like in basketball, they but have VAR? Considering they have been the technology we have, you would think VAR had, has existed for years now. I know. For right? a long time. They're like, oh, it's going to be disruptive. We don't want to do that. And honestly, it's not even that disruptive. Maybe to the players, but to people who watch, it's okay. I mean, I don't mind VAR. Yeah, it's like intriguing what's going to happen. And I'm kind of like going on my phone. They have to hire. Updating. Well, there's they have to hire extra oh, refs. And you know, you know how we know the decision before the players? Because sometimes they put it on the big screens mm. before they actually announce it. And you kind of already know. In the but I also, I also think sometimes the commentator gets news before too, no? No, I don't think so. Because a lot of these commentators, they're actually watching from their uh, like booth. office. But yeah, they no, have... not from their booth, from their office. So they like just see what like not all of them. The English uh, commentators obviously are sitting there, but a lot of like the BN commentators they're not in in England. So it will so they basically see what you what you see as well. I'm very happy that we have VAR. I just think it's like democratizing the game. I just think it needs to be used every time. Like you cannot discriminate. I'm going to use it this time. and I'm not going to use it this time. And with all the stuff that that Barcelona did with that like ref and all of these scandals, it's like the the club of scandals. It's ridiculous. And now UEFA is looking into the Negreira case uh, and could ban Barcelona from the European uh, Cup. Well, I mean, that's what I was that saying That would be so time, right? bad. Like, like, really, like, that's a massive... And it's not even about winning the Champions League. They might not even win any of that. But the amount of money they will lose, all the contracts that we talked about yeah. that probably depend on their appearance there. New updates on this case this has just been really interesting. For example, they said that they did not find evidence that this mm-hmm. judge was... You know, giving them inform. Uh, sorry, not judge. This referee was giving them information about the other referees, and that the, his role was not to help Barcelona in this regard to get mm-hmm. referees on their side. So they were, and because of this, did you see Barcelona is suing five journalists for defamation? Yeah, but no one's gonna win a defamation case. I don't think they're just like it's doing ju- it for show. I mean, it is kind of, but it is funny. I think it's in defiance because they think you see how. What I thought was interesting about this El Clasico, which was what was happening off the pitch. So before each El Clasico, there is mm-hmm. a customary lunch between the two presidents mm-hmm. of the clubs, but that did not take place this Clasico, this game. And it was the first time uh, in 20 years since Perez, the, the president yeah. of Madrid, was not at the game by choice. I don't know why he did that. It was partial. It's... Do- People say, I mean, like, obviously he didn't, I'm not sure if he made an official statement about this, but everyone isn't, it's implied that it's about because of the scandal surrounding Barcelona right now. And so they are standing in solidarity with La Liga and everyone With La Liga and yeah, the other exactly. clubs. And so that was, you know, interesting to see because there's tension. And I guess this El Clasico that has been such a bedrock of La Liga now is kind of a little wobbly. Yeah, I mean... Like Barcelona have been, I think they've been severely mismanaged for for years now, and one scandal after the other, and now they're just scrambling to try to find ways to, uh, to raise money to make money. I don't know. I just like yeah. If if there was really corruption, then just leave it to the court. They probably will find some evidence if there is. If they don't can't find evidence, there's nothing you can do about it. And maybe if I can find some other evidence, who knows? But I watching Barcelona for all these years, I haven't seen, in my opinion, I haven't seen some like refs being super biased for Barcelona. Like it's very hard to tell unless like other than payments, but if you watch the games, it's very hard to tell if some refs has is to super be subtle. Biased. It has to be super subtle, it has to be ongoing and continuous in, in, in multiple Because games. if you think about it, if you th- look at decisions that are borderline and so in those situations, it could go either way. Then you mm-hmm. flip a coin and it goes either way, right? And so, but in this case, it would be you flip a coin every time it goes in Barcelona. Yeah, you have to prove that. I don't think it's Wait, right. no, I'm not saying it's yeah. provable. It's not provable. The only thing that they can prove is any kind of exchange between 
the two parties, right? That yeah, kind yeah. of states that this is what I'm doing for you. Or but in like terms quid of quid pro quo, yeah. But in terms of well, this is not a quid pro quo. You're literally paying the guy. This is just I'm paying you for a job. It's yeah, not. I'm doing. I'm not doing you a favor in return for a future favor. I'm literally paying you for a job. Yeah, but I don't know if that job is actually to help me. When well, that's what I'm saying. Is. That's what they're trying to prove, right? If there is anything that because I don't think they can prove it based on outcome. There's no, there's no the counterfactual. The counterfactual you cannot. I mean, devise every, a way to test that, right? Like yeah. the the counterfactual. If this bribery, supposed bribery, had not taken place, mm-hmm. what would be Barcelona's performance, right? There's there's no way you can test that. So the only thing is the exchanges between Negreira and, and, and and Barcelona. And this stuff started when Barcelona had an amazing team. So you'd be like, okay. Like they have, they they are winning nonstop, but it's also because they have an amazing team. They have Messi, they have Xavi, they have all those players. But if you think it's about not- it, if anything, I think I'm not sure if all La Liga fans would agree with me. But if anything, people would say the refs are always on Madrid's side. It's like that thing you just, the, yeah, they don't blow they the win. whistle. You play until Madrid scores, right? Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, I, honestly, I can't tell between Barcelona and Madrid if the ref is on either side. I just feel like because Barcelona is such a scandalous team that anything they do and they seem very corrupt that anything they do you believe it you're like okay they probably did that but maybe they didn't get anything out of it but maybe they did it that's the thing but is there a line you would draw where you would say to yourself that's it i don't want to support this team anymore no because management does not really represent the team i feel like it's like you uh, having an opinion about a country just because of the government or about the people just because of the government I don't think I would because like a manager like or a, a president does not really define a club. They come and they go. And yeah, Perez has been here for a while and good for him. He's a fantastic Oh, well, president. but in the case of Barcelona and Madrid, the, the president does really define the club. No, no, for, for a short period or for whatever period. But Their tenures are so long, though. I agree. But I'm just saying that they come and they go at the end of the day. It's like, and they're not the ones who are playing on the pitch. Yes, they get the players. Yes. So you're more for the culture, the institution, the idea, the camaraderie, the players and the, the, the atmosphere that is, yeah, the history I wouldn't that say, is around. Exactly. And I wouldn't say I feel as strongly about, uh, about Barcelona as I felt in the past just because of the... The, the fuck ups that all the pre- like all the mm-hmm. presidents before mm-hmm. Laporte uh, actually Laporta had actually uh, done so and all those like Kiki Sitian and all those like decisions around Messi and all the coaches they brought like it literally I think made me feel less connected to Barcelona that's actually for for sure but I'm still somewhat connected just because of I've watched it since I was young and right. all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it does have an impact. So I agree with your point. But you mean you also have to say, like, when you used to watch El Clasico as a kid, mm-hmm. they're just way more fun, right? That's true. It's not the same impact. And that's what everyone's saying, right? These El Clasicos are not what they had, used to be. And you had, you had the drama between Mourinho and Pep Guardiola. You had the drama between mm-hmm. Ronaldo and mm-hmm. Messi. Mm-hmm. You had mm-hmm. all of those players between Ramos and... And Puyol and PK, like all these players, like are fighting, like they score. I feel like Gabby's trying to recreate that. It's very hard, <laughs> but it's not working. It's, it's very hard. I, I don't know. Like it's like yeah, like the Clásico's uh, intensity and all of like how many how many people watch it and all like it re- re- reduced, it decreased yeah. massively. I think like yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. my friends don't watch it anymore. I just watch it because like I like football and I'm still somewhat connected to Barcelona, but. I wouldn't feel incredibly sad if Barcelona lost. I would feel a little bit sad, but it's not like before. Before, like, everyone's watching and you feel so sad. And the following day, everyone's talking about it I think it's also hard because we're now living in a country... Well, you are. You're now living in a country where no one cares. No one gives a single shit about this. Probably also, you you were a bit younger. You're like... As you get older, you kind of want to take a distance from things that you are like... You calm down a little. Yeah. And you also want to take, take a distance from things that you can't control and things that you just... Like passionate about, but not even you. I'm just saying in general the build up towards the, the games and also the, the the kind of just everything that goes around the, the the game is just true. not the same. No, it's not. Uh, the, the 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 technical skills mm-hmm. on the pitch, mm-hmm. the scores that the sorry the goals that get scored, the managers, the drama. Just I think everything is not at the. No, I, I think to summarize it, it was very close to how people felt about the national team. Like, people in Morocco would switch the channel. Do you know, like, when we talked about um, Egyptians were really unhappy that Moroccans didn't support them against Madrid? Al-Ahli. So Al-Ahli didn't support put, them against Madrid? Yeah, so Al-Ahli, uh, the Egyptian team, played Madrid oh, in right, the right, World right, Cup right, of right. Clubs. Mm-hmm. And, and because of the Arab connections, Egyptians just expected 
Moroccans to support them. But obviously they're not because Moroccans feel so like they 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 love Madrid and Barcelona and they they would switch the channel if if Raja and Widad were playing they would switch and play and watch actually Barcelona mm-hmm. even the national team at some point when it was Messi and all these great players like it was so close to how you feel about the national team and everyone was so weirded out by it and they're talking about why are you feeling so close to Barcelona it's not your country but now it's not the case anymore mm. like you mean the younger generation yeah either. it's not like even us especially with what Morocco did especially with with what how the World Cup was like people feel so strongly about the national team that now it's not the same maybe the Premier League is different obviously fans of the oh, Premier yeah, League yeah, yeah. Like, I think I think, I think fans for the Premier League would definitely say I care so much more about my club it's great I don't care too much whether England wins exactly. the cup or not right? exactly so yeah. that's the opposite I think for Barcelona at least from my side but Arsenal fans oh my god like after years years and years of being disappointed they still come it's amazing yeah, no, no, no. It's very different. The Premier League is, like, it's amazing how they are, how they, like, keep persisting like that nonstop. But anyways, let's go back to the game. The last things that I wanted to mention about the game is the attendance, since we're talking about people, mm-hmm. how people are, like, obsessed with Barcelona. is 95,000 people. It's massive. Almost 96,000 people. And this was, that's what's amazing about the, the Barcelona crowd. They just, like, they're punctual. They come to every single game. And they've been disappointed by Barcelona for years right now. All the past five years, six years. What they did? They didn't win the La Liga. It has been for a few years. For a yeah. few years, like I think, I think at least three years. But there's still like the attendance is massive. They're shaking, amazing. Nineteen clean sheets out of twenty-six, seventy-three percent, amazing goalie. And the last thing that I wanted to mention is obviously the Rosalia T-shirts and how much they cost. So holy shit. So there was a limited edition uh, for men and, and women So but, and, and that they were selling. 22 units were put on sale on, uh, on Wednesday before the, before the game, right before the game, with 11 for men and 11 for women. Each of these t-shirts were 2,000 euros. Were they not signed? Yeah, th- these ones were okay, signed. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, these ones right. were signed by the players and they were 2,000 euros a piece. And then there was another version that's a little bit more... Just not not signed version. Quote unquote affordable. Affordable version, not signed. That was almost four thousand euros a piece. There was four hundred. Like four hundred euros a piece. Sorry, and there was there were two thousand units. Ex- it's fine. Benny AF. I mean, jerseys are already expensive. I mean, I guess it's fine. It's just that it opens the doors for Barcelona and for all these like to have all these ways of making money. I mean, come on, it's such a desperate cry for like, just give us money because we want all the money. But I mean, yes, the 2000 ones, it was very much limited edition. There's not that many of it. But I mean, to them, this is like peanuts, right? They have to cut cut their wage bill by still 200 million yeah, euros. I mean, so how is this contributing too much to that? I mean, think about everything it. Everything matters. That, that's true. That's true. I mean, they could be stingy. They they like be like, guys, we can't feed you, you know, organic vegetables anymore. We're we're gonna go regular. Only potatoes, only rice. And there's nothing else that we're gonna feed you at the cafeteria. And I mean, look, it kind of is sad to me because yes, players are overpaid. Mm-hmm. But then because you set the bar right, that this is what we have been paying you, yeah, and then now having so to bad. go back to players saying actually. Actually, we have to renegotiate your wage because we have to cut wages and we don't. We made all these horrible financial decisions Mm -hmm. that we can't afford your wage anymore. And to players that have been really performing well, like Ter Stegen, who else, De Jong, Gabi, and all these, and trying to have to negotiate with them, saying we're going to have to pay. I mean, it's not. It doesn't feel good either. I'm not saying that they deserve to pay. Be paid like a lot, lot more, right? And that's what I'm saying. And obviously, they're trying to let go of certain players to kind of cut that wage bill as well. But at the same time, yeah, like if there's Shergan, probably I would argue the best goalie in the world right now. You go up to him and say, hey, dude, we can't yep. pay you that much anymore. We got to drop your wages. It's like, but, I mean, well, that's what they should do because you are right. That's the problem. Like the solution is not to find new newer ways to make money, but you need to cut down the wage bill. It is a problem not for them, not just for them, but for many other clubs. No, no, I agree. I agree. I just think it's a hard thing to tackle because you have to manage these player relationships yeah. right i'm just saying as a player it's not the the nicest thing to have to handle right because you're used to it because they set the bar that high so you're mm-hmm, used to mm-hmm. getting that money and then suddenly you're saying you're saying actually i did i had the best season and you're telling me i'm getting a pay cut i don't deserve that right uh so yeah how do they gonna keep so 
I yes, they should cut their wage bill. It's just not an easy task to do. So yeah, they cut like PK's uh, salary when he wasn't performing that well. Like I think about fifty percent. Right, right. But I read that they're negotiating with like their top players, your Sergey and De Jong, Gabby. So, so that that's a different thing, right? Like yeah, let go of your players like that you don't like, like Asu Fati, who's not who's not been performing. That makes sense, but. To go to your best players and say we're gonna give you that doesn't feel good. They probably have to do it. Yeah, and also like it's not like the player is he, he like there's not a lot of things to do. About, like other than La Liga and maybe Copa del Rey, they're not gonna win much. So if a player has a chance to win the Champions League, then they can be like, okay, I will take a pay cut to potentially win the Champions League. And I think what they can also use is that oh, this is Barcelona. You're playing for one of the most historic, iconic teams in the world. So. They could use that as well, but I don't think that would work. I don't know. I just feel like they need to reset somehow salary expectations for... No, no, for future for, players. For future players in general. Mm-hmm. Because this is ridiculous. I, I think it's causing so many financial problems for uh, for clubs. Other than the fact that they were mismanaged, Barcelona, I think but it's, the wage bill it's, is a problem. It's, it's two on top of each other, which is the worst case scenario. You have a high wage bill and a poorly managed club mm-hmm. that makes bad mm-hmm. financial decisions, exactly. right? And you don't have oil money <laughs> to back you up unconditionally, yeah, you don't, you don't right? Have unlimited money. Exactly. Because if you were a Man City and you were a PSG, that's fine. You could just spend your money. It's, I, like, I, it's like not even you spend the money. It's like the money from the, the Etihad Airways money and the, uh, what is it, Abu Dhabi money, it just gets like mixed into the Man City money. It's basically the same money. So I mean, that's why they're in trouble. Too. Exactly. So sometimes just like, oh, you want $5 million? Okay, there you yeah, go. Yeah, this is a quote-unquote sponsorship. This is a quote-unquote yeah. brand deal. Um, but actually, it's just internal money getting shifted around. But I mean, I would believe that. But anyway, I think they should be smart. For example, the people, the players that are out on loan, apparently Xavi is interested in getting Abde back mm-hmm. because they need someone on the wing. That's right. True. That's so true. Um, he, I think he's a left winger. Yeah. So they 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 want someone on that side. Mm-hmm. If they can do something like that, then it's easier than buying all these players. Right. I if agree. you have people, yeah. good players who are out on loan right now, get them back, train them, and then, and he update like someone like update. He's still young, right? So there's a lot yeah. Of they potential. have a lot of young players from uh, the school and from the Barcelona B team that could be very good players. Exactly. So he just needs to bring them as soon as possible. And I just overall, I think it's a very good season for Barcelona. Even though people say that they didn't win anything in, on the European level. They might actually do a lot of things on the European level. So, overall... Just win La Liga this great. season. Yeah. And then next season, focus on maybe other trophies that they want to they win will, in Europe. They will. Like, uh, Arsenal like was... It took some time to build Arsenal with Arteta. So, that's fine. So, the Euros 2024 qualifications are going on right now. Uh, I watched the England-Italy game... 2-1. Can you believe it that this was England's first win against Italy in Italy since 1961? That's insane. They haven't won Italy in 60 years. Can, can, can we just talk about how embarrassing it is that this English team still struggles to win? It's, on paper, it should be the best team I mean, in the, the world. It is valued the highest in terms it's, of player. It's like... Every single player is a, is is a, is an amazing player. Can you just explain this to me? Because I mean, I'm, I don't know either. I mean... I want to say, because to be honest, this is how I feel. The more I watch football, the more I do feel like the manager plays such a big role yeah, in the way you play, yeah. right? Because look at England. They they just feel like they can't hang on to a lead because there's different ways to play. Like, right, if you're up, how do you keep playing? Mm-hmm. If you're down, mm-hmm. how do you keep playing? And if you if you're not scoring, it's a it's a zero zero nil game. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you win, right? So there's strategies in all three scenarios, and I do think that the more I watch, the more I do feel like it's the players. Yes, they have to be good, but the manager plays such a substantial Mm. role, right? Like if you tell your players how you want them to play, they're going to listen to you. Most of these players, they're going to listen to their coach, especially if they have a good rapport, right? And most of these players do like Southgate. They will defend him. They like him. And so whatever Southgate says, I just feel like... And so it just seems to me every time you have one lead, okay, that's it. Play conservative. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he's really... I I don't know. Like, if you compare him to the previous coaches that England has, yes, he achieved... More. More. Way more. But I still think he's a bit average. I'm sorry. He doesn't have the hunger and the drive, I think. The way he talks, like, like, look at... Like, look at all these, like, managers. Even Deschamps. Yeah, like, Deschamps. Like, look at all... He has a... I don't know. Something about him is like very vicious about Deschamps. He's not that outspoken, but he's there's something about him that is not just 
bland or nice. I'm sorry. That's how I would describe it. I agree. Southgate. I'm sorry. Look at Scaloni. He did yeah. what England couldn't do with. Literally, in my opinion, the Argentinian squad is a half or a quarter of how much, like how of how good the the, uh, the potential that the is. The potential, yeah. yeah, like the English squad is. And look at what Scaloni did. Like, there, I think it really does come from the coach because the players are the best the best you could get. And a lot of them play together. There's lots of people exactly. coming from the same teams. City, uh, Arsenal, uh, they've Man played, United. They've played against each other. They've played together. They've for years and years so I don't they all play in the same league so they kind of understand how they like other than Jude Bellingham he's the only one he might come to the Premier League soon so something is off and I do think it's the coach I like there is the standard for the English team should be so high it should be like the 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 Bayern standard and we're going to talk about that later it should be so high that it's all they need to get all the because cups. yeah exactly all if, the cups. if anything to me like all these pundits saying oh my god this is great you know we want Italy no. Italy's a strong team first of all Italy not the team they used to be no, I'm sorry I don't, I don't I really don't understand that they haven't really proven anything because England is the kind of team where the manager hasn't been able to instill in them something where you know when the stakes are high mm-hmm. they deliver mm-hmm. this is a low stakes game right yes i understand harry kane broke the record really great 54 no one, no goals no one cares about harry kane breaking records also again. by the way every does, time harry kane is breaking the record without a cup doesn't seem doesn't it seem doesn't 54 seem very low i mean yes it's one higher than Giroud because i think Giroud's record is 54 53 goals. yeah no it's pretty high it is yeah for an international uh, for international game okay maybe high. i just have a but i mean okay what do you think kane is going to win first a Tottenham trophy or an england trophy <laughs> which one's going to go I first i don't know <laughs> they're both very unlikely i feel bad for people who are both english fans and Tottenham fans you just never win anything it's it's um, i feel bad for kane as well i really feel bad for him i think he should me leave. too me too but but what you said is absolutely correct because look at france they have so many good players everywhere the, the amount and the number of French players that are good, and we've talked about it before, and Deschamps was very clear. He took all those players, and they're killing it. 4-0 against the Netherlands. They were amazing in the 2022 exactly. World Cup. They were amazing in 2018 uh, World Cup. Like, they're, they're just on fire all the time. Scoring, scoring, scoring. It's like a killer team. They just care about winning. And that's what you need in a national team. No one cares about skill. right? And I do think the... Um... And if anything, this is a stronger victory because uh, Netherlands is a stronger team than Kobe. Italy. And Kobe, I don't like Kobe. Oh so. god! He just shot it. So I'm, I'm kind. Of, I'm not glad that he that he lost, but I really hate Kobe. And he was like, about oh Sama. well, De Jong wasn't here, and just <laughs> shut up. You got crushed by France. Like it just don't even. And I, honestly, well, if we're moving on to that game, which I didn't watch, admittedly, I did not mm. watch that game. But I do think that Mbappe, I mean, all this controversy over Mbappe getting the captain's armband over Griezmann, I do think that Mbappe has that drive and that kind of killer yeah, instinct. But Griezmann does too. I don't no, think no, it's fair. No, 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 no. To be captain. Because Griezmann has the thing to be captain. Apparently, he was always talking in the dressing room to the players and telling them what to do. Just give him the captain. The, the, the cap and then in in four years give it to the other but guy but I do think that Mbappe is someone you don't want to upset you'd rather what, what, up, you'd is, ra- he, what is he gonna do not play for his oh, national no 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 team? but he's gonna throw fit come on like Deschamps has to work around him during the World Cup because he doesn't want to drop deep d- down and defend. He's like, okay, then 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 you don't do that. We'll have other players play in different positions just to accommodate you. I understand, but I don't think he's gonna be upset. That they gave it to Griezmann. Griezmann did so much for that team. No, 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 I'm not saying that Griezmann doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying from Deschamps' point of view, I could see why he picked Mbappe. Because also, also at the same time, I haven't watched as many interviews uh, of Griezmann as I have of Mbappe. So I can't make a, like a super ca- fair comparison yeah. between the two. But when I'm just looking at Mbappe, especially at his age, he's very diplomatic. He's I a agree. lot of maturity, he's... the way he handles things. Mm-hmm. And I think the media doesn't cover him that fairly. Because he, to be honest, when you just watch him, the, the words that he speaks, very diplomatic. He's very like, he doesn't point, fing- point fingers. He doesn't, you know, say, uh, he doesn't act emotionally. I, I think if you were an English player, just the same person by English player, he would be covered way more by the media. Just because, like, you speak English, everyone understands mm-hmm. you, and you like you'll be able to like talk to so many people around the world. So he's 
amazing. I think he's one of a kind when it comes to the maturity of a player, and, and he definitely <laughs> deserves to be captain. It's just that I think it's a little bit unfair to Griezmann. I feel bad for him. I agree. Because I think Griezmann does deserve it. He put he put all the years. He worked so hard. So And he's he's been amazing. Like We've watched him so many times at Barcelona, at Atletico Madrid. He's n- nowhere as good compared to what he does in the national team. So... I mean, but it was a good opening match for as as Mbappe as captain, yeah. and, and, and it it doesn't matter. France is gonna be an amazing team for years. They have so many good players, so many young good players. Mbappe is only twenty four, so it's. I'm sorry, England is not going anywhere, and it's compared to France, they're just gonna suck. And as you said before, they need to figure out a way to win cups right now while they have this amazing generation. Because when I was young, England sucked. Right after Beckham. Oh, they barely had Yeah, right after Beckham, England was it was a bunch of old guys running around. They they couldn't win anything. So now they have all these amazing players. They have to win something. I mean, almost is gonna it's almost like a curse now to call it the golden generation because you yeah. called Belgium the golden generation, they won shit, right? That's true. And so but if you wanna It wasn't put, as good. Well no no, but if you're gonna put a label on it, yes, this is England's golden generation. Yes, you better take advantage true. of it. These players are not gonna be around forever and it's very difficult to, you know, kind of harvest these players and train them this way. And so yeah, they 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 have to take advantage of that. But more qualification games to come. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Lots of friendlies going on as well. One with Morocco. Yeah, Morocco, Brazil. Uh, I don't think it was a very good decision to choose Brazil as the first team, like right after, like that you play right after the um, the World Cup. I think they should have gone for a team that was a little bit easier, like just an average team, like not Brazil. Brazil is amazing, and they don't even have all their players. They do have an interim manager. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if their their thinking was, oh, we want to advance in the ranking, and if we actually beat Brazil, we're going to become nine and not eleven anymore. It's it's kind of stupid. I don't think friendly should be taken account into. No, but here Moroccans are going to take it into account. It's played in Morocco. No, I'm saying FIFA shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a friendly because depending on the country, you're not giving it your all, right? Because they feel like the stakes are not there. No, no, no. But you agree to play that team. And also, it's one of the ways for you to play with your teammates. So I think it should be... I understand. But if if you're just treating it as a training session, that shouldn't be a part of the ranking. Yeah, but then there's Brazil's probably treating it as a training session. The problem is there's not as many games for you to actually rank. Like, you're probably never going to face Brazil, right? That's That's true. That's true. I, I, I just think overall... Morocco is gonna like I don't think because they're coming from such a high and the country's been marketing them non-stop right because they wanna they wanna win the bid for the 2030 uh, World Cup and so they've been marketing the team they have all these players that play in these in these big clubs and it's just and then for some reason the Moroccan crowd expects so much from the team do you know do you know how the Moroccan crowd feels about Morocco it's like if, it's like if they think they have Brazil and they have to win every single game and they have to be amazing. I'm like, guys, this is not England. This is not France. This I'm is sorry, more... England was the wrong example to use there. Yeah, they still, don't like, win they anything. Should expect, they should expect that because they have an amazing squad. So they will get super upset if they lose, even against Brazil. I mean, knowing Moroccans now, knowing so many, they're all like that. They yes. are so harsh. It's, it's crazy. So I just thought they should have picked like a bit of an easy... Look at Argentina. They picked Panama... Like all of the other uh, friendly, it's were okay. Quite, it, it, like, puts a little... on a, it puts on a good show. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know who's gonna be able to stop Vinny. I'm very, very interested in uh, in watching that. Hakimi. I don't. I think he's still injured, so it's he's not be, playing. No, I think it's gonna be Masrawi. Oh no! Oh yeah. well. Yeah, but Masrawi hasn't played. Hasn't oh, played in a while. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. I think this is the best segue to talk about Bayer. Wow, what a what a firestorm of drama! Oh my god, poor guy Julian. Uh, Julian uh, Nagelsmann, right? Nagelsmann was officially sacked. Tuchel has signed his contract until twenty twenty five. And apparently, the guy found out via via like he was the, skiing, and and he was reading this stuff on the paper. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. I mean, honestly, okay, can we just say that I don't actually feel sad for him because. He got a, a massive deal. A great deal, yeah. Great deal. So the guy was getting paid 660,000 euros per month. So almost 8 million euros or 9 million euros per, per, per year. And now Bayern will have to pay his remaining salary, which is almost 27 million euros, unless they reach an agreement. Or until he finds a new job. 
Yeah, until right. you, you yeah, reach yeah. An, unless yeah. unless they reach an agreement, or obviously if he finds a new job, so it's a cushy, cushy deal. And he's only 35 years I old. I know, that's insane to me that he's 35. He kind of looks like, I've always said this, he kind of looks like the anti-villain of like some Batman movie that's or true. something. That is Because he's always like dressed in these coats and he's like very serious, but then he has this charisma about him. But And you also celebrate in the same uh, toxic masculinity way that uh, Man United uh, celebrates. It's the same way. He gets like, he pumps... People's chest. I don't know. He's just a very interesting character. I mean, that was apparently a lot of the rumors that that the club and and the ownership did not like his personality, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And that he has this vibe about him that is not very because if you, I mean, end of the day, if you look at his track record, people are like, oh, okay, well, he's a great track record. Mm-hmm. He's won most of his games. Yeah, he won the Bundesliga. He won all the Champions League games so far this season. Mm-hmm. You could argue last year got kicked out the quarterfinals by Villarreal, which was unideal. So then, yeah. you know, maybe they should have done better. But on paper, not much reason. And plus, by the way, they were saying apparently initially they wanted him as a more long-term manager. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said initially. I just think the standard that Bayern are so high. You cannot slip. They, they literally slipped to second after a loss to Bayern Leverkusen last weekend. They won points between them and uh, Borussia Dortmund. They're still in the Champions League. They're still in the DFB Pokal. Basically, the equivalent of the FA Cup. The CEO of Bayern, Oliver Kahn. Do you know Oliver Kahn? He was one of the best goalies in history. Oh my God, I watched him growing up. Anyways, he said, I quote, After the World Cup, we have played less successfully and less attractively. The big fluctuations in performance have cast doubt on our goals for this season, but also our goals for the future. That is why we have acted now, end quote. So it's, it's kind of ridiculous because every team will... We could probably slip after the World Cup. I mean, it was an intense competition. There's a lot of emotions and a lot of that stuff. So I don't think it was fair to um, to sack him. Then we don't know the whole story. There, there's talk I mean, according about, to that logic, you should be sacking Klopp and Guardiola and all these managers. Yeah, I know. Even Xavi, at some point, you should have been sacked. So, like, Barcelona standards should be so high, but they've been losing. No, and been... I'm just saying, especially after the World Cup. Because if you're saying performance is down after the World Cup, there's been a lot of unrest and like we're not the expectations are not there that but, has affected a lot of teams but a lot of people haven't like a lot of teams haven't been good even before the world cup i don't i don't know a team that just slipped right after the world cup but city dropped i think i would say yeah but it's very hard to like pep is such a like he's a special coach i'm sorry he's a special coach he did so much for them that's true that's true like, that's when you like man city is was Pep nowhere. Guardiola. Yeah, and Man City was nowhere before him. Like, well, it's no, not they a, won once before they. Yeah, like they it's not like it's not like Bayern like that that was there before. So when Pep Guardiola went to Bayern, he didn't do much because it's such a big club already, right? I agree. I think the 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 guy they should have. I, mean, I was thinking about Simeone, but then again, Simeone also did a lot for Atletico, so it's very hard to. But Xavi, not really. So that's why I thought it was a fair comparison. But I think there there are things that we don't know. Maybe. The president just doesn't like him. Maybe the... the Honestly, the... I think that's more because, yeah, Bayern has really high standards. But I really think that they they use that game that they just lost mm-hmm. as a little bit of an excuse. Yeah. As that kind yeah. of... The, the straw that broke the camel's back. But in re- in reality, something's going on that between the management, between the owners and mm-hmm. Nagelsmann that just wasn't going right. They didn't like him. They didn't like the way he was with the players or whatever it is. And they decided, you know what? We're going to use this excuse to fire you. And plus, they really wanted Tuchel and they didn't want Tuchel taking either Tottenham's job or Madrid's job or whatever it is. I doubt she would have taken uh, Tottenham's job. No one wants to take that job anyways. But now they're saying Nagelsmann may go to Tottenham. Yeah. They're interested in him. He he probably shouldn't, but... You just sit that sit sit tight and like take his twenty seven million, but that's just me. And there were also like rumors that his girlfriend was um, a journalist. Is a journalist at the German newspaper Bild, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, and then and players could not basically communicate freely with the coach. Apparently, they broke up on the same day. They they did. That's what I oh, read. That they he, he found out he got fired and he got broken oh, up with on the no. same day. Then again, he has twenty seven million. Yeah. So let's not forget Yeah, that. let's not feel bad for him. Uh, so it's going to be weird. Playing will, players will come back from international uh, break to find a new coach, Tuchel. Uh, I don't know how to feel about that because just he's a lucky guy. So he's probably... It's the same thing that happened to him with Chelsea. He yeah, came exactly. in the middle of nowhere won the Champions League. Someone, someone set up the foundation and he, that guy's not going to win the Champions League, but Tuchel is. Yeah, because the problem is Bayern has such... 
has such good players, like amazing players. So I don't know what Tuchel is going to do differently that that guy was not doing. Then we said that the coach matters a lot. So even before uh, Tuchel, I think Bayern were, were favorites to win the Champions League. They were the only team that could actually potentially uh, like beat Madrid. And Madrid is not great this year, so they could beat it. They're playing Mastery next, right? Right. So it's another Guardiola-Tuchel matchup. And Guardiola does not have a good record against Tuchel. Yeah, I think... I, I think Messi. No, no, I think Bayern, Bayern, Bayern is, has better odds. Yeah, and they're Bayern experienced in this. That's what they in the, in the, in, the, in this league. They they know it very and well. And knowing Pep, he's gonna overthink stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's gonna he's gonna think. And also, Cancelo had the funniest statement. He seemed so upset. Like he was Why? just like, "Oh well, you know, I came here, was under this coach, and then now we have a new coach, and Tuchel made me lose a Champions League last year, so maybe he'll help me win one this year." I think he's such a weird guy, no? I don't know, but he's a he's, uh, he's, he's a peculiar player. He is. Every time he posts an Instagram photo, he says, hashtag mommy bless me. What? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if this is a good thing. Like, you, you, it's not a great, it's not great timing, to be I, honest. I think, I think it's a good thing for Bayern because Tuchel is like, he's a no, killer. No, no, but it's, not, it's not great timing because they have important games coming up. They're close to so close with Dortmund uh, I don't know I think I feel like people now players and coaches like they adapt super quickly because like we live in this like globalized world where everyone's playing each other everyone knows each other everyone speaks different languages so and, uh, like he probably coached some players before I, I don't know about if that's true or not but like it's it's like I think the he's gonna adapt quickly I, I didn't see really a reason for this second but like yeah maybe the president but, but from what you said idea. before I think the manager matters more the longer they stay. The longer they stay. Because in the beginning, I don't think their impact can be felt so immediately and so deeply. Exactly. Especially this guy was a young manager, so he could probably like give a lot of years to Bayern. And they need someone who is going to stay for a long time. I don't know. It's, it's a bit... Maybe Tottenham will be his next project. I, I really hope he doesn't go there. Maybe we should move to uh, Conte and how he came out criticizing the team and the players for underachieving for years, which he's absolutely right about. He hasn't been fired yet as of Yeah, as but of everyone's now. already... I don't know. Are you sure he's going to actually be like that? No, 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 he is. This is, this, is like, uh, uh, this is assumed, basically, that it has already happened. It so, just hasn't. So what do, what do you think? Do you think he was right to, to do to say all of that stuff? What he said was correct. It's just that people have different differing opinions about the manner in which he did so on such yeah, a public. He did it in a form. very Italian manner. Right. It's like very direct. I'm, I honestly I don't mind. He's a funny personality. He's, a funny He's just like Mourinho. I think he is right. Like I'm sorry, Tottenham should not be playing every year for the fourth. Uh, position every year i want to play for the top four mainly just the fourth position and i want to just go play for the champions league and maybe get knocked out in the not even quarterfinals round of 16 like that's ridiculous it's very it's so stupid like but this maybe, is... maybe they should at least maybe they should just play f- say fifth or sixth and just go to the europa league and win it it's better than not winning anything but you see it's sad right because i'm not that old and since i haven't been around for so long to watch the Premier League over decades. Mm-hmm. I'm this is the standard of Tottenham that I'm expecting. Exactly. I don't have this notion of Tottenham being some top elite club that is supposed to be winning trophies because they haven't won one in a decade. Yeah. Why should they be? So why them? why do they deserve to be going to the Champions League and to be getting top two or even winning? Because I'm like they never do. So like why do you have these ex- lofty expectations for a club that never achieves anything? I agree. I agree. So they already have that standard. So now the the and the longer this goes on, the less likely you're gonna, I don't know, get back that reputation of being this top flight club in England, right? Because because for now like. Players are less likely to want to go there to because they don't get to the Champions League. Mm-hmm. They don't win any trophies. Yeah, so what I'll, good players are going to go even there? Even a coach. Like, if I were a coach, I wouldn't exactly, want to take that job. Exactly, because you feel like it's a dead-end job. Mm-hmm. No one can turn this around. Even the best coaches gave it a shot and it didn't work. I don't know. I just think... And it's sad. Maybe someone older than me, like who's 40 and 50... Just has that history and has that, you know, kind of like, oh, yes, once they were a great but club. You cannot live off history for ages. Well, th- well, yes, I'm just saying at this point, it has become that way, right? Like, we're not, we don't expect stuff from Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing that they have that big of a stadium, that big of a budget. Like, like in it, 
a massive crowd and a mass, massive fans they have a the huge world. fan base yeah, yeah. Like, it's ridiculous even in the US I meet random people and they're like oh we're <laughs> and Koreans yeah we're like Tottenham fans I'm like okay well then you need to win something it's 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 kind of it's kind of upsetting and I and I wanted to while we're talking about Tottenham I wanted to move to uh, Sevilla and actually compare Sevilla to Tottenham because it's it's a little bit ridiculous so Sevilla also sacked their coach Jorge Sampaoli um, and it's uh, they just sacked him I think uh, last week or maybe this week and they've this is the second coach they sacked they sacked right after Lopetegui they sacked Lopetegui in October 2022 and Lopetegui is now the Wolves. Uh, coach, I don't feel bad for this guy either because he also got paid at least three hundred thousand euros per month, and so he's gonna be just fine. And also, I I don't know if he was a bad coach really. He was an okay coach. They used the defeat against Getafe last weekend to two nil to um to uh, to decide to let him go. The club said, and I quote: "The fact that the team has not managed to get out of the lowest position in the table since his incorporation as a coach." And the image offered in the last matches of the team have led the club to make this decision in search of a reaction in the 12 last days that remain to finish the league. I honestly think this is completely fair what they said because they brought him in because Lopetegui was not doing a good job. And this guy is not either. Like they're, they're basically 14th in the league with 28 points, two points from the second to last Almeria. So they're 26. Elche is, is going to be relegated I think 100%. Mm-hmm. The gap is too big. Yeah. yeah, the gap is too big. They conceded 42 goals and they only scored 29. Seven wins, seven ties, and 12 losses. And only five clean sheets. And for some reason, they are still in the Europa League and Barcelona is not. And Arsenal is not. So, go figure. But I do think that a lot of people say that they sold some players uh, last summer. That's why they're not as good. But they only sold Conde and this other guy, what's his name, Diego Carlos Aston Villa. But a lot of the players are still there. I just and they also sold, sold Luke de Jong, but arguably he wasn't that good. So I just think that the players have been underperforming. So it's not just the coach. The coach is not great. This uh, Jorge Sampaoli hasn't he hasn't done a good job. And to be fair, he hasn't. Um, so it's not really the same case as as, as Julian, the German coach. And also the players have been really underperforming really badly. But I wanted to compare this to. Uh, Sevilla to Tottenham Sevilla won four or I think four Europa Leagues can you believe it Sevilla won four Europa Leagues and one of them is as recent as 2019-2020 they beat Man United they beat like big teams and Tottenham doesn't have this title doesn't I don't think it has a single Europa League maybe or maybe it has one like isn't that embarrassing like I like and clearly Sevilla does not have the same budget does not have the same stars does not have the same pedigree like all of this stuff so there's something has to change in Tottenham. Maybe that's what they needed. They needed Conte to just go out there and yell at them. Kind of like how uh, Ronaldo to did be it honest, for Man United. Right. Like <laughs> if, well. Literally, after, after Ronaldo if, did all no, that stuff, imagine if Conte, they played way much better. Imagine if Conte actually did like a, like a 60-minute thing. Or like a 60, oh, the 60 minutes. Or like some long-form interview. Yeah. Right. And then he just literally sat down in his Italian accent and just raged about Tottenham for an hour. No, I mean, we all would have loved that content for an hour, not just a couple minutes. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, if I were the owners, I wouldn't have fired him for that. Maybe yeah, Daniel I Levy would, is has no. you know some. I but mean, fans ha- hate him. But still, he hasn't been fired. Like, not well, yeah, 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 no, 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 no. But I wouldn't because I'm thinking maybe this is the push that they need. That's and true. what you did was correct. What you said was correct. And maybe I'm just in denial. I needed to hear that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so. I don't know. I think, yes, you, you can't be going out saying that in public all the time, right? Like, you need to be punished in some, you know, in some form, but not to get fired. I mean, and what Conte has done at Tottenham so far has not been terrible mm-hmm. in a sense that he hasn't dragged them down further. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, they got knocked out of Champions League again and like all this stuff, but they're still fighting for fourth place. They still win certain games. Uh, yeah, their players a lot of time are lackluster, but that's true for many Premier League teams. You can sense the frustration in Conte when he's talking, though. Like, you that's feel true. like he really tried to work with these players and the and the club and everything, but it, 
there's so much pushback and resistance and that people are not, they don't have the spirit, they don't have the fighting spirit. It's like they're just used to losing. They're used to not winning. And so when you get used to that, you get complacent, you don't want to try anymore. Come on, think about the motivation that mm-hmm, you need mm-hmm. to keep trying year after year and not winning anything. You think it's hard for the fans? It's fucking hard for the players, right? And I, I, and I don't know, it's not a bad team because they still like beat sometimes Chelsea they beat like they could beat Man City they beat Man City they have a good record against the the big teams so I don't know what happens that they're not consistent something is off yeah and and they're boring to watch too they're really boring to watch you think City's boring no I'm sorry I think Tottenham Tottenham is boring to watch maybe not against the top teams as much but Tottenham is really boring to watch conclusion is that a lot of managers getting fired left and right a lot of drama yeah Honestly, it's a lot of fun. A manager. It's, a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it is not just because they have to manage the press. They have to manage all this public-facing stuff. It's not. It's a tough and, thing. And, and so, also, no one, like, they don't need to do it. They could probably be just fine living off the... Because they were all players before. So they're probably rich and they can live... Uh, and their kids could live fine for, for years. So I think they just like the drama. They just like the intensity. They no, like they the, like to win at the end they of the like day. To, I think it's so, the, They yeah. have the ego. They want to yeah. win. They want to prove something. And maybe they would like to be like... In the press, like the, everyone's talking about them. I think so. I think, for example, like Pep loves it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're asking him all those questions, and Pep he says he's that being, he loves. He's being so funny. Mm-hmm. I make them laugh. Mm-hmm. Look at me. I'm such a. I'm a. I'm a genius, and I'm. I'm a comedian, and you know. Anyway. Happy Ramadan, Ramadan yes. Mubarak to everyone who is practicing i guess mm-hmm. uh Ramadan and Mubarak yes and a, there are a decent amount of i actually don't think that this has come to light until more recently that there are a lot more practicing muslims uh who are professional mm-hmm. football players that you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know because some of them like don't have an arab name right some because i think have, most like, people Ant- rudiger is a practicing muslim yeah because i think mm-hmm. most people are under the impression that people f- who are Muslim are from the Middle East yeah. and have certain stereotypes with their names and what they look the, the, like. But, you know, a lot of African nations, yeah. Asian nations, and Muslims it, who it, live in Europe. Indonesia has the highest number exactly. of Muslims. So. so Premier League and the EFL is now allowing players to break their fast in the middle of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the match will be briefly paused so they can get a sip of water or maybe eat something really quick and go back. They, they were already doing that, but this is just more official. Is official, yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, probably most most people won't really notice anyway because you just think something's going on Mm -hmm. and they're just drinking some water and then they just go back right honestly so what i also read was that the french press during this break maybe they have nothing else to write about but they were just saying how you know because of ramadan and we think this may affect players performance shouldn't because they are allowed to you know kind of make up their fast days Mm and other times they should decale. They should shift the okay. fasting days a bit. But I'm like, that's that's a. You are putting your fingers too much in other people's yeah, business. But but I think that's a fair question. So I actually want to talk to talk about this because it's if if a Western if the Western media raises this question, then everyone's gonna be like, oh no, why are you saying that? You're being racist. You're being racist. This is religious liberty. It's not. It's not like it's not for you to decide if if a player should uh, fast or not. But there is an argument to be made that it's super dangerous for them to fast. And Arab like Arab countries have already had this discussion. So you know how it works in Islam. There is a fatwa. So there there has been different fatwas about this. Explain what a fatwa is. A fatwa is basically uh, when there is a question that it's not very clear in the text and some sort of Islamic. Uh, like uh, le- like I don't know how you call it some sort of Islamic official body will decide whether what is the decision with regards to this subject should they do this or should they like they're just going to offer guidelines effectively and every Islamic body might have a different uh, guideline so it's not like there's not one single fatwa for the whole world but there were different fatwas about this and they were using two arguments and the main ones are it could impact their ability to do their job and that's a really valid argument. If you're running for an hour and a half and doing in- intense cardio, then that that, that is going to impact your ability to do the job because you're not eating and you're not drinking mainly. So what is the evidence for this? What do you mean evidence? There is no evidence, but it's just like common sense. No, a lot of... actually, I disagree. Why? Because, first of all, athletes have been fasting, right? So football players have been fasting for Ramadan 
and still training and still playing games, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. this this has been done. It's not like, you know, because players have been doing this, like in the Premier League, in, in La Liga and all mm-hmm, that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And the second thing is, is that a lot of, now a lot of training is actually done fasted. Not maybe fasted as much as you have to fast for Ramadan, the, the length, but fasted training, especially in, in certain types of physical activity, can be beneficial, but depends on the length of fast and all that. And also, also, it does seem like there are certain studies, maybe they're sparse, but this kind of fasted state actually pushes you in to get into a high where you perf- out overperform because you enter mm-hmm. a state. You know how runners get into a runner's high after, you know, X number yeah, of miles? Yeah, yeah. The same thing has been observed in terms of fasting as well. Mm-hmm. Whether that's superior to, you know, non non-fasted states, yeah, of course, it's hard to do. But... Like, it's not a definitive, yes, if you fast, then you are all collectively going to be way, way less. That's probably still the case for a lot of players. They're not going to perform that well. That's That's probably still the case. That's what I want to say. And full disclosure, I do fast. So just so that people know, and I do experience whatever you just said. Sometimes you don't even feel like you're fasting. Sometimes you're just like running on a high and I'm not comparing myself to these players, but I see where that how that could be true but yeah that's why I your, think... your breath smells so bad right now <laughs> oh no come on i've been bearing this for this entire hour you're so mean and so i think my point is that what you said might not be applicable to all players like a lot of them might struggle and it, it's it's completely but normal the, but my but my opinion is just that the, for the press to say this like dude stay out of it this is between the player the coach whatever they work out if you as a player and as a coach think you know what fasting just does not work for me when it comes to training mm-hmm. and playing, then you either make the decision to not play or you make the decision to not to fast. But, but I right? agree. I think the point that I want to make to Western media is that Muslim countries and Arab countries already have tackled this. So they all, like there's a lot of fatwas out there that are telling players you don't need to fast if you're playing. And it's also because you travel. And in Islam, if you travel, you actually don't need to fast that day. So... And for girls on their period. <laughs> but we're talking about men's sports. Right? Exactly. So you gotta. So you just have to make that day up. So the point is, at the end of the day, it comes to the decision of the player. Because even if you talk to anyone in these Arab Muslim countries, there are fatwas out there. Like, this is not surprising. People have been playing football for years. Uh, and as you said, there's so many players that fasted through history. And a lot of them are saying that it is a spiritual thing. They get some sort of high and they really want to do it because as... Agurt said it's a, he has a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. That's why he said mm-hmm. in that West Ham video now, all of these teams it's have... It's so a... hard. None of us could do it. Well, you haven't found your purpose. Exactly. We Muslims, we have a purpose. Exactly. Agurt, Agurt has a, uh, a purpose even though... Me- meanwhile, I observe all these Muslims around me. It's like, oh my God, this is hell. It's I don't know. I, why do I do this every year? I don't want to do I'm this so anymore. T- Especially me. Maybe, you, maybe you're getting the wrong idea about Muslims from me. No, but I think most people, they're still complaining and That's whining true. about That's it. True. I, th- I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the decision of uh, of the uh, of the player. I don't think he necessarily is going to impact the performance of all players who fast. Because a lot of them do fast. Like Salah, Kante, Fofana, Mahrez, Gondogan, Rudiger, Dembele. A lot of these players have been playing for years Benzema. and have been fasting. Benzema, a lot of these players. And they're all professional professional players at the top, at, at the top level. So uh, it's just something, that, as you said, that they need to work out themselves and between them and their coach. And I don't think even coaches right now are going to tell them, no, you don't, you, you can't fast. Because as you said, there's a lot of things that are done in training that is done uh, like what with people not, 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 not having eaten. So at the end of the day, this is a great marketing campaign for all these clubs. They have 1.9 billion Muslims all over the world. So now all of these clubs are like, Going out with these videos and campaigns about... It's the Chinese population and the Muslims. So when it was Lunar New Year, Happy Lunar New Year to all our Chinese fans. Uh, Except we don't give a shit about all the other countries who celebrate Lunar New Year, like -hmm. like Mm -hmm. Korea. So just just China, because that's our main demographic. And then, you know, Ramadan comes around. Oh, Ramadan, Barak, Ramadan, Kareem, whatever. Because, you know, and you know, like I said, I showed you Chelsea's hosting an iftar for... Like that's open to the local Mm -hmm. community. And I think it's it's a smart thing that they're doing this. Um, and plus, they have a huge stadium and they have a huge, you know, ground. So that's true, it makes and it's, sense, it's right? good. Like this is they're making more money from this because more like West Ham's like doing like we watched that video where they had Zuma and Agar. PSG and does this every year. Yeah, and then they're presenting West Ham. They're presenting the uh, like uh, they're asking questions about Ramadan, what people eat, and they're presenting all this stuff. Obviously, a lot of new Muslims are gonna watch West Ham because like 
who uh, who watches West West Ham in yeah, Indonesia? Yeah, what other team is who, gonna try Harita on camera? Exactly. Who so. watches West Ham in some random country? So now they probably have more followers. But at the same time, it's a good thing because people now know a little bit more about Ramadan. They know a little bit more about these players, and it's good for them. I think it's overall it's a it's a good thing, and it's. It just it's an individual decision. I do think so because I think that religion is very important to players because you you rarely find and even if a player is atheist they're probably not going to talk about it. Uh, I've yet to see a player. That's atheist. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they, they're not going to come out and say, "Well, I'm staunchly against yeah. you know I don't believe in God." Because I do think that especially when you're playing, when you're an athlete and you play in a sport where so much is out of your control, that's so true. you yeah, need something so to anchor. Mm-hmm your beliefs and your yeah. life right because or else how do you go on because yeah. it's like okay well i won this game i you lost this hope. game god has plans for me mm-hmm. i believe in something bigger i believe in a destiny that i'm supposed to play a certain way i'm supposed to get to a certain place and without religion it is di- more difficult let's just say right without that's that spirituality true. piece and to believe in something that's why most players you'll see either they're muslim or you know they'll do a little prayer before they run onto the pitch right every time you see players doing this it's not you know like i, I think it's a, honestly it's just that there's a still remaining little stigmas around islam because people in the west are not as used to seeing islamic practices as they are to ones of you know which is Christ- surprising it's Christian. just, it's just- which is surprising Judeo-Christian world yeah because there's more and more uh, Muslim players and I think it's just gonna get normalized and they're gonna see all these players and I think it's a lot of them I think Europe is still doing a better job in general than maybe the US is who knows I don't know maybe because I think there's more of there's more of a population there than than here right so people here are way less exposed to what is Ramadan why do you, you know, do this? Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of this? In the NPR thing where it's like, think questions not to ask someone who is fasting during which Ramadan. Is, which is surprising because it's like something that happens every year. So, Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of When Football Met Soccer. If you did, please leave us a five-star review and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye!